You all know what time it is. It's time for a little bit of a disability dojo. Above all things, let this be true. Be true to your own self. Comes to us from William Shakespeare's Hamlet. So the three questions that I posed on the first disability dojo was, who am I? Why are we here? And why am I here? These are three questions that circulate in my mind constantly, and it helps to orient me, to give me purpose in life. And today on the dojo, we're going to get into the first question, who am I? And to the listener, I ask you, who are you? How would you answer that question? It's a deep one, and we can get a little woo-woo with it, right? And I'm not afraid of woo-woo when it comes to this. It, it is very important. It is very deep. Why ask it? Why ask this question? Well, one of the threads that we're pulling on with the dojo is to be the best version of ourselves. But if we're going to be the best version of ourselves, our self, who is that self? And the answer to that question for me drives everything that I do. It drives the way I think, the way I speak, the way I behave. So it's a very important question for me to, to be asking myself constantly and religiously. And that answer can change day to day, hour by hour, and minute by minute. So very one important one to, to ask ourselves. Not too long ago, we had a dojo on the D word, and it was an important conversation to have because we say disability quite a bit. It ties to social etiquette. Another piece of social etiquette when it comes to disability is the use of people-first terminology. What well, when referring to somebody who has a disability, the universal consensus now today is that we put the person first and then say disability. So for example, a person with a disability, a community of people with disabilities. Why do we do that? Well, what it said is, is that a person has many different aspects to them, not just disability, but all these other kind of things. For example, their nationality, their race, the gender that they identify with, the roles that they fill, whether it's a parent, a, a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister. Perhaps it's the job that they have and occupy. Perhaps it's their talents. Are they an artist? Are they an athlete? We can go on and on about all the different aspects of identity. Identity. We hear the word identity a lot nowadays. And what is identity defined as? It's defined as who you are and how the world sees you. And so this is the core and the essence of so much meaning. And again, it can really drive the purpose of everything that we think, say, and do. So who am I? Who are you? Well, pulling on that thread of the different types of identities. When I'm asked, who are you? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind to answer that question is, 
I am Tony. Am I really Tony? What if I was given a different name? Would I disappear into oblivion? Am I the, really those four letters that can be written down on a page? Well, if I'm, I'm not just a name, then wh what else am I? Well, I can answer that by, again, the different roles that I fill. Um, the executive director for the Center for Independent Living. Well, what happens when I stop being the executive director for the Center for Independent Living? Do I then disappear into oblivion and I'm non-existent? And my, my past experiences, I used to be a swimmer. I don't swim anymore for competitive reasons. And so have I stopped being that? Am I my physical body? Well, that continues to change day by day. And I believe I still was the same essence of a person that I was at 10 and 20. Now I'm like 52. So if I'm my body, which continues to change, I don't know if that's exactly who I am either. Am I where I was born? The geography, the culture that I was born into? You know, is it, is it really dependent upon this cosmic lottery and, and the family we were born into, which then drives the values that we may have? Am I what it was impressed upon me in terms of, you know, my religious ideology? I grew up in a family that, you know, one parent was a devout Catholic, one was an atheist. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle, I believe. So is that who I am? Would I even be that if I was born into a different family that had different religious beliefs? Am I, you know, if I was born into a family that both parents were Democrat or both parents were Republican and, and then I would likely ascribe to those political ideologies, is that who I am? So am I a product of the family that I was born into? Am I a product of the experiences that I had? What if I had different experiences? I keep asking that question, drilling down further and further and further, and usually discounting many of the things that I come up with. Am I my reputation? Am I what other people perceive me as being? Jay Shetty. I don't know if it was his quote or someone else's, but I thought he said something profound related to this. He says, I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. I'll say that again. I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. So how many of us are living a life based on our perception of how others perceive us and act accordingly to that? Is that who we are? So I often think about thought. Am I my thoughts? It's believed in neuroscience that we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And over 90% of them being subconscious, underneath our radar of awareness. And if we're these thoughts that are coming in that our awareness is not paying attention to, what are we thinking about? And what are we buying into that we're not even aware of? For example, the other day, I was saying goodbye to some friends. And 
I don't know about you, but you know, have you ever said something and then halfway through saying what you're saying, decide to say something else and it kind of comes out in neither way that you were trying and intending to say it. So as I was saying goodbye to some dear friends, halfway through saying goodbye, I also wanted to say good luck. And so it kind of came out in neither. And, and so it kind of sounded something like, all right, goodbye. But it didn't come out in that. It said, goodbye, take luck, take luck and care. Take care of the luck that you might have. If you have luck, take it and care for it. And, and I started just stumbling on these, on these words that I wanted to say goodbye, I wanted to say good luck, and it, it just came out in neither one of them. And as I'm saying, take luck, take care of the luck that you might have, and, and yada, 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 there was a voice in my head, that internal monologue that's always going, that was saying, I am so stupid, I am so inarticulate, they think I'm an idiot, and I had at least the presence of mind as I was fumbling my words to understand that I am thinking these things. And how often am I thinking these things that are unflattering and telling myself this? And, and there's a difference, I believe, in doing things that aren't highly intelligent and being unintelligent. So we're all capable of, of doing things that aren't good. Does that make us a bad person? Or are we just capable of behaving in a way that isn't so good or smart? Does that make me a dumb person? I don't know, maybe. But it, there just seems to be something there. And, and I was really glad that I, I was aware of myself saying, I am. I think whatever follows those two words, which comprise really three letters, is so powerful. If I say to myself, I am sad, all of a sudden, that's feelings and emotions that come into play. I've commanded my nervous system to be sad. I am happy. I am angry. I am joyful. How many times are we thinking these thoughts under the radar to ourselves about ourselves? And therein lies, I also think, some, some profound wisdom. How intuitive it is for me and, and I know others to refer to themselves as, as two different entities within one body. I cannot stand myself. Oh, I and myself. Which one am I? Am I the I or the me? Is there one true self above all those other selves? And often, especially in psychology, if we do divide ourselves into all these different other kind of selves, we tend to judge ourselves more favorably by the favorable characteristics than the unfavorable ones. So yeah, I am fully capable of you know, being kind to others, being humble, being gracious and being grateful. I'm also capable of being patient and I'm, I'm capable of the opposite. I'm capable of being arrogant. I'm capable of being impatient. I'm capable of being angry. I'm capable of being unhappy. At the end of the day, which ones am I going to identify with? Most of us tend to identify with the more favorable ones and not the least favorable ones. And conversely, we tend to identify others by the lesser ones and subjugate the ones that aren't so favorable. And so I think it's very important for me, at least, to be always questioning, who am I? Because the answer to those questions could be largely subconscious and under the radar. And 
if I do want to identify myself as those thoughts, who's the one noticing these thoughts? Because I am noticing these thoughts. And isn't that the heart of meditation? To sit by and watch those thoughts going by like a river. And then I ask myself, well, who's watching those thoughts? Which one is the talker, the monologue that never seems to stop? And which one is the listener of that monologue? I think it was a Stoic philosopher that said, when a person steps into the river once and then steps back out then steps back into the river again, they are not the same person. One, because the stream of the river has gone by, the original stream that they've stepped into. And two, by the time they get back into the river, there's been some experiences or time that may have impressed upon a person something that has changed them. And so over time, do we change? Does the essence of us change? Is it the watcher of these thoughts, consciousness? I tend to gravitate towards that. I tend to gravitate towards it, that ultimately, if I was going to peel the onion away and go through all the different layers of my race, my ethnicity, my life experiences, the roles, those are the layers of the onion. And ultimately, at the center for me, consciousness, the awareness of thought, the awareness of all these other things that seem to be externalities is the core of who I am. And why is this important? Why even go through this kind of tangent of, of asking myself these kind of things? And how does it even pertain to disability and independent living? The things that come to my mind of why it is, <laughs> it, it happens to be, you know, I was listening to a, a Bob Marley song. It was covered by Johnny Cash and the lead singer of uh, The Clash, Joe Strummer, this morning. And the... The, the lyrics go, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but us can free us from our minds. It's very powerful. And to me, that's independence. Can we be independent of the thinker? And Eckhart Tolle tells us that we are not the thinker. And one of the first steps to enlightenment and independence is to free ourselves from this illusion that we are merely just our thoughts and that there's an intelligence out there and there's more intelligence to us than just the mind and the thinking. And what, what a wonderful tool the mind is. But are we using the tool or is the tool using us? And when I ask this question, who am I? And often it comes to thinking about it, it helps me to separate the two, the mind, the thinking mind, and the observer of the mind, the consciousness. And again, how does this relate to independence, living, and disability? Well, if I can really get in tune and in touch with who I am, it really gives me a better sense of what's important to me, what are my values, and from there, I can really start having clarity about the kind of life, the living part of IL, that I would like to create. I don't think purpose is under a rock and we go find purpose. I believe we create purpose. And how do we create purpose? By asking ourselves the questions. Who am I? Why are we here? And why are you here? And at the end of the day, when I ask this question, I haven't come to an answer and I'm not sure I ever will because 
I believe I change every single day that I have more experiences and get to know other people in the world. And it helps to reflect upon me uh, more about who I might be and having that clarity. One of the, the answers that helps to give me peace is to, to flip the question, the order of the words around a little bit. So who am I? Often, the answer that I like most and best is I am. I am that I am. That comes to us from the Bible when Jesus was asked, who is God? I am that I am. Doesn't explain it, doesn't define it. It's just the isness of the universe and who we are. And when we can get our mind out of the way, get in tune with the nature of who we are, for me, that's where the peace is. And when I have peace, I can be better in touch with my values. And when I can be better in touch with my values, I live a more authentic life. So I ask you, who are you? Thanks for listening to the Independent Life Podcast brought to you by the Center for Independent Living of North Central Florida. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you know anyone who might benefit from listening, share this podcast and invite them to subscribe too. For questions, suggestions, or if you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at cilncf.org at gmail.com or call us at 352-378-7474. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, support, advocate, and empower each other to live the independent life.